It's all about the All Blacks versus the Wallabies. Blitterslow 2 at Eden Park on a Saturday night. And we're joined now by long-time broadcaster. He's caught in the game for Channel 10. The Australian Gordon Bray. And I say long-term because he's celebrating 50 years broadcasting next month. And I turn 50 in October. So you've been doing this, Gordon, pretty much as long as I've been alive. That's quite an innings, yeah. my friend. It is a good innings. And I still pinch myself. I've got to say, Darcy, it's... Uh it's been a fabulous journey, and, and I've seen a lot of the great Bledisloe Cup matches. My first Bledisloe Cup series calling was in 1980, when Ella and Hawker and O'Connor came in, and uh, they ran riot against the All Blacks, who were, had a bit of food poisoning from memory, some bad prawns at the Camperdown Travel Lodge. So, yeah, look, it, it goes over a long time, and, and I've had some great times with uh, you know Keith Quinn, who's someone I've really looked up to as a commentator, and a great rugby commentator, and Grant Nesbitt and the boys are... Yeah, no, it's been a great thrill. Yeah, well, I'm told that Keith listens all the time, so I hope he is. G'day, Keith. I hope you're well out there. Gordon, <laughs> out of all of the games you've watched, you probably become close to the game last week as far as an Australian performance goes. It's got to be right up there in that upper echelon. They, people are ripping on the All Blacks and saying they're underwhelming and so on and so forth. But the Australian, uh, the physicality, the precision, the tactics, everything about the game, that was, I wouldn't say perfect, never have a perfect game of rugby, but it's got to be right up there. Checker must be stoked. Yeah, look, he, I think he has to be. And I give a lot of credit too to uh, Scott Johnson and also Michael O'Connor. They're the two independent selectors that have come into the fold this year because I think they've put their foot down and say these guys have got to be picked. And I'm referring to Leia Leofano and uh, also um, Nick White. Um, those two, I thought, had outstanding games. And also James O'Connor, they've got him back from overseas. And again, Scott Johnson, who was um, with, with Scotland um, as the director of rugby, was quite instrumental in getting him back into the fold. And, and he showed what he can do, even though he's uh, missed the test scene for six years or so. Um, I thought he was outstanding as well. But it was the guys up front who did all the damage, does he? So what has to happen this week for the Australians to actually pick up this Bledisloe Cup? We know it's been a long time in the making. You've come close before. What do they have to focus on primarily to give themselves the best opportunity at what is basically a graveyard for rugby teams in Eden Park? Well, look, we, you go back in the last four years, before the World Cup in 2015, um, the Wallabies down, the All Blacks, and then uh, conceded 40 points at Eden Park, and the same in 2017 when we won at Suncorp Stadium. So really, um, Australia's got to come not only last week's intensity and physicality, um, they have to go up another notch again because there's going to be a massive backlash from the All Blacks who are really hurting, and there's nothing worse from an Australian point of view, than a, a wounded All Black. There's so much pride, there's so much at stake. And suddenly these guys are saying, we don't want to be the team that lost the Bledisloe Cup. So Australia um, has to go up another gear. Um, it's New Zealand's territory now. It's the equivalent of Fort Knox. And uh, the Wallabies, remember, haven't won there since 1986. But I was there in 86, and I was privy to Alan Jones's uh, final team talk uh, to the Wallabies before that third test. And basically everything he said there applies now. And that's about uh, the scrum going forward, um, the pack going forward. Uh, when they come at you, you knock them back, uh, vary your line outs, use your playmakers to move them around. And, and basically, um, you know, everything that New Zealand throws at you, you've got to come back with interest. And that's what it's all about. And the other thing, very interesting, Darcy, at the dinner table the night before that test in 1986, um, it wasn't past the source bottle, or when it was past the source bottle, the response was no penalties, no penalties. And Alan Jones had drummed that into them. So all of that stuff 
Um, I'm sure Michael Checker is using the same mantra because it all applies. It's about being on the front foot, the forwards on the front foot, and getting quality ball for the backs. Minimal changes for the Australian side, but a whole lot of uh, jaw-dropping changes as far as the All Blacks are concerned, especially when you consider some of the victims were, were Franks, were Ben Smith, were Rico Ioane. What, what's your response to the huge changes within the All Blacks side? Like I spoke to Steve Hansen today at the press conference. I said, would you have made those changes? He seems to claim that they're always looking to test these new players. They need to know what they're like in a Cauldron-like environment. Would you have put these changes in, Steve, if you hadn't have been beaten so badly last week. And he said, probably. So yeah, I'm not quite sure what to read out of that one. Yeah, so <laughs> what, these, these changes, what do you see in these? Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pace there, isn't there, in the, in the two wingers. Yuani's been off colour. And can I just say, um, our esteemed colleague, Murray Deeker, sent me an email before the Springbok test uh, in Wellington, and he said, what the hell is going on with the All Blacks? He said, you've got the best fullback." not playing in his position. You've got the best fly half, number 10, not playing in position. You've got the second five who hasn't played any rugby at all. Why is he playing? Um, you've got a... I won't tell you what he said about the front rower, one front rower in particular. Um, and you've got uh, probably the best back rower in the world playing out of position. So um, he said, I haven't seen the Springboks play, but I tell you what, um, I reckon they'll win uh, this match tonight. And Murray was pretty close. It was a draw and they, they dominated for large periods of that game. So I think this has been coming and uh, it's, it's, it's been a case of maybe with Steve Hansen showing a lot of faith in, in his heroes, his former World Cup heroes, and a lot of them haven't had a lot of rugby and they really have struggled this year. So that's what it's all about. Tactically, do you think the Australians will do the same, i.e. don't give the All Blacks the ball? Although, look at the, that back three with the inexperience. They're probably vulnerable at the back there, Gordon Bray. Maybe it'll be a slightly different set of tactics from this Australian side. Yeah, it could be. Um, I think you've, you've got the option of, of more kicking, particularly if the weather's going to be a bit inclement. That seems to be the early prediction at the moment. Could be greasy, could be wet. So I think Australia's still well-equipped there, and particularly the kicking game of Nick White. Speaking to him the other day, he said, I went over to the UK uh, to learn a kicking game. But he said he actually didn't learn a lot about kicking. Um, certainly he honed that skill, but he, he, he honed his running game. And I think that's where New Zealand were really in a lot of the time in two minds with Nick White when he had the ball and he was getting front football. So I think uh, Australia has some good options there. If, uh, it does re resort to uh, you know putting some of those back three players under more pressure. Um, as you say, they're very inexperienced. They've only had four test matches, I think, between them, the two wingers, but they're very exciting players. And you've got um, a very strong influence from the Crusaders, which I think is important. And I think uh, Moanga, um, yeah, he, I thought he had a pretty good game last week. Um, people said he was quiet, but he did his job. He did what he had to do. He pulled off some good tackles. And uh, I think he'll work nicely um, with the two wingers as well. I'll be looking for some inside balls from some of those set plays. So, yeah, I think it's going to be um, a fantastic match, a ferocious match, one of the all-time great Bledisloe Cup games. And the whole world will be watching, Darcy. I'd like to think so. Gordon Bray joins us from Channel 10 with minimal ball. I think it was like 35%. Now, the All Blacks still scored a pile of tries. So does that maybe suggest that there is still vulnerability within the defensive systems of the Australian teams? Where do they, the Australian team, where do they have to lift, do you think, to counter that threat should the All Blacks actually get more than a third of the ball? 
Look, I think the Australian defensive system has improved dramatically um, and it's great credit to New Zealand. They did get those four tries and that's an ominous sign for Australia with only that amount of ball, New Zealand, they were still able to come through and get four tries and, and put themselves in contact. But I think where Australia will be looking to improve, um, I think they're marking, they, it's sort of a pendulum defence now where they're trying to match the numbers with New Zealand, particularly if there's a, a turnover. And they did that pretty well. New Zealand are going to exploit that, um, that you know, that 10-metre channel uh, near the, near the touchlines. That's where they made a lot of ground against the Wallabies. But then again, I think the Wallabies scrambled pretty well. And, and I think um, had Scott Barrett been on the field, it's still... Uh, Australia had dominated that first half and I still was confident that Australia was going to win the game. And I think this is a, you know, it's a very well-conditioned Wallaby team. There's a new fitness trainer there now. Um, you've got new uh, intellect in, in terms of the selection, selections. And I think the Wallabies um, will have the self-belief and the, and, the, and the full focus to know that they can go and win this game. Um, if they don't, um, they, they shouldn't even bother turning up. But that won't be the case I think they're well prepared and they're going to go hard at New Zealand. It's been a long wait, uh, 17 years for the Bledisloe Cup and 33 years for the last win at Eden Park. Channel 10 commentator Gordon Bray, long-time broadcaster. I'm, I'm stoked to get to 50 years on the planet, let alone 50 years in the trade, Gordon. It's been a real pleasure, as always. Thanks very much for your time. I'm sure you're looking forward to this game as much as we all are. Cheers, Gordon. Cheers, Darcy. Yeah, no, it should be a magnificent occasion.